Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. We look forward to sharing our guest with you today. Forrest Walden is the founder and CEO of Iron Tribe Fitness. He pioneered the brand from his home garage in 2010, quickly franchising the company to include multiple stores throughout the country. Welcome to the Action Catalyst. Today we have Forrest Walden, CEO and founder of Iron Tribe. Welcome to the Action Catalyst, Forrest. Thanks for having me on. Well, this is a special episode today, and I'm so excited to have you on. And I'm sure you're like me, where a lot of people are asking questions. Hey, what in the world is Iron Tribe doing to adapt to COVID-19, where here we are, people aren't even allowed to go to a gym. And uh, I, I would love to just come right out of the gates with some with that question for you. What, what's been going on with Iron Tribe? Uh, it's been over a month of us having to figure out this, uh, this work from home, state of emergency pandemic. And we'd love to get your thoughts of what you guys have been doing. In the last six weeks have been some of the uh, most challenging but most fun weeks I've had in business in probably the last seven or eight years, honestly. I am a vintage entrepreneur. I like solving problems. I like innovating. And this has forced us to innovate at the speed of sound. I mean, it's been a crazy six weeks, but I'm so energized right now and having fun. Um, And I'll tell you why. I'll get into it. So, Uh, Let's see, March 13th, we put out new programming, new cleaning guidelines when all this started to come out, thinking we could remain open through it. Um, We we, uh, minimized equipment that was being touched. We created boxes for our clients to work out in. This is your safe space. We put hand sanitizers in every, you know, wall in the gym. But by the next Monday, that was a Friday. By the next Monday, I basically spent that whole weekend realizing we had already had a customer who had come to three classes that week, test positive for COVID-19, and realizing he came to a morning class and an evening class, so he exposed my morning coaches and my evening coaches. My entire staff had to be quarantined. And it's just the gravity of there's no way this is not going to happen at every one of my locations. Like, I don't see how I can stay open through this. So we made all these preparations on Friday. By Monday, we were announcing that we were closing. And that was a week before the state mandated that we closed. And you know what I really got? I was blown away by the response from my customers saying, you've done the right thing. You've saved lives. We're behind you. We have a lot of medical professionals that work out at our gyms. And they were saying, thank you so much. You don't know what this means to us. We're fighting this on the front lines. We need people to take it seriously. So I felt like we got a lot of uh, buy-in, not, they weren't mad that we were shutting down, they embraced it. And so that was March 17th was the first day we were closed. That same day we started streaming live workouts on Facebook Live. And over the next week, literally transitioned our entire business online. We quickly moved from Facebook Live to Zoom so that we could have interaction and the coach could actually call people out and coach them 
Um, we created a membership site where we stored all the previously recorded workouts. We put all of our nutrition stuff. We had coaches doing mobility sessions. We had one-on-one -on -one ab classes going. I mean, all this stuff just started springing up. And we created, so we have five locations in Birmingham, 30 locations throughout the Southeast. We created a central Facebook page for my five locations in uh, Birmingham, where normally these people kind of operate in silos. If they go to the Homewood location, they only know Homewood customers and Homewood coaches, and they're on the Homewood Facebook page. Well, now we put all 1,200 plus athletes onto one page, and the collaboration and the encouragement and the post, I mean, it's daily inspiration for uh, just seeing what my customers are doing, what my staff is doing uh, to keep people engaged. And so, you know, what I've been stressing this last six weeks to my team has been, how can we create value outside of our four walls? So March 17th, we started streaming. March 18th, we loaned all of our equipment to our customers. So right now I have zero equipment in any of my five locations. I didn't charge. I didn't make them sign a waiver. I just trusted that when I, it's time to open up again, they're going to bring my equipment back. So we'll see if that was a good decision. But, but again, they were blown away that they could come in and take a barbell or take a box or take some dumbbells, which allowed them to, you know, build a little home workout area and follow us up, follow along our workouts that we were programming. So every day we deliver a workout with no equipment for people who have no access and a workout with limited equipment for people who have certain elements. And again, just the feedback from that has been incredible. And so as I've been stressing value, 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 um, my team has stepped up in incredible ways from one-on-one -on -one assessments over Zoom to uh, nutrition assessments over Zoom, to even every Tuesday, they do home deliveries of product. So they do a post, who's out of protein, who's out of, you know, whatever supplement that they're on. And then people say me, they take it to their house, they leave it on their porch, we charge their card. Um, so just the innovation that not just me, but the team um, has been incredible. And then I'll close with this. I know you got questions, but uh, what's really been incredible is we've only experienced um, 45 people put their account on hold across five locations and 1,200 athletes, and only seven asked for complete terminations because they got laid off. So that's been a huge win for us. Um, and at the same time, we launched a whole new virtual campaign 100% virtual sale, 100% virtual delivery, and we've signed up. Uh, as of this morning, 57 new customers um, on the virtual campaign. So we're going to be at a net net um, break even and even better when these people come off hold once we can finally get our doors back open. So on top of all of that, I took the opportunity since my gyms are closed for six weeks. This is unprecedented, right? When else is there a better opportunity for me to get contractors in there to do renovation when they're not working around class schedules? There's no equipment in there. So uh, very providentially in December, we did a complete brand redesign with a local design group and was just some point this year, we thought we'd start to implement it. I'm like now. So three of my five have already been completely renovated. They're gorgeous. I haven't told my clients yet. So if they watch this cats out of the bag, but the day they finally step back in right now, brown paper on all the windows, 
the day they step back in, they're going to be in a brand new uh, experience. So, Wow. Well, I guess we could just officially go ahead and say this is an official announcement. So all Iron Tribe athletes, you just heard it from Forrest Walden himself. He uh, is got a treat for every one of you to see new and improved gems when you guys get back. So that's yeah, pretty I've cool. got us. I've got an appointment with a videographer to do a, a video, just kind of, you know, unveiling uh, the new, new design, but I'm really waiting to figure out when we can open our doors to release that. Well, Forrest, you just said so many inspiring things. I was taking notes and uh, man, I'm inspired. The innovation, you know, as, as you read these government mandates and you read uh, the, the state of Georgia, the state of Tennessee, and some of these other states that are putting their four phases together to open up states, uh, gems are on the list of different phases and phase one, phase two, phase three, and when are they going to even allow somebody to go back to a, to a physical gem location? And I imagine there are a lot of gem owners out there who have just been sitting around watching the news every day and waiting for the government to tell them when they can open their doors and probably send an email to their uh, client saying, hey, you know, stay healthy and we'll see you when the government tells us you, we can get back. And you did not do that. You chose to double down on your activity. You chose to innovate. You chose to get your team to be inspired to think through what's possible right now. And man, talk about using technology and pivoting on a, on a dime, your, your model to go from Facebook Live, well, I guess you went from, okay, how can we work out in person and, and stay healthy, stay safe, to Facebook Live, to Zoom, to then switching your model to have virtual workouts and to have 57 new customers. I mean, I wonder how many gyms in the world could say that right now. Uh, I bet it's a very short list. <laughs> of. I would think so. And, you know, I, I feel so fortunate, you know, for the, to be in an industry that I can continue to deliver value online. My wife and I were on date night last night talking about that. And she's like, yeah, but you worked really hard. I said, I did. But if I was in, you know, I don't know, real estate or some other thing where I couldn't provide value, it wouldn't matter how hard I work. So, but I think there's a lot of businesses that can pivot right now and think outside the box, but I'm fortunate that I am in a, in a business that lends itself to being able to deliver online. And I really think this whole pandemic probably pushed the online delivery of fitness probably 10 years into the future. Wow. Well, I, I think you're probably inspiring a lot of people because there's probably sitting other people sitting there with their wife at date night at dinner going, thank God I'm not in uh, I don't own a gym right now. And yeah. so your right. innovative thinking I think is where it all starts um, the amount of people that are out there living in fear and in and, and reaction mode versus uh, what can I do? What can I can control? You are such a great example here of controlling the controllables. Um, what was it in your mindset that clicked where you said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to let this completely uh, tank our business, you're saying you're probably going to maintain the course for your goals for the year. Like you're not even going to be down. What was it? Uh, take us into just imagine all the listeners right now going, wow, I haven't even thought like how that would be possible. 
take us into the psychology of when you decided you weren't going to let this slow you down. I mean, I had no choice. I had to pivot immediately. It was pivot or die. And it just energized me. Like it was, it's been so much fun. Like I, I casually said to you at the beginning of this call, like I've got to find a way to keep this fire when there's not chaos, right? I don't <laughs> want to wait for the chaos for the fire. Let's keep this going. Uh, but for me, I honestly, I saw opportunity instead of um, defeat. And that's wow. what I chose to focus on. It's interesting. My dad and I had a conversation the other day. He, he likes to send me um, conspiracy theory articles and ask <laughs> me to weigh in on them. And I finally wrote him a dissertation and said, dad, let me just lay out what I've been doing over the last four weeks. And when you send me this, it pushes me to scarcity and I can't be in scarcity. I have to be in abundance. So I'm not going to respond to these articles anymore. If you have good news, feel free to send it. You know, and it was just a big pattern interrupt for him. Like I'm not participating in all the negativity that's going on. Um, and, and not to say that there's not challenges. I mean, we did a big survey this morning. I was looking at the first 50 responses and, you know, we got some things to work on with our virtual delivery and we've got ways to continue to tweak it. I didn't mention, I just signed a contract this morning to build out a full video production studio in my office where we can take this to the absolute next level with studio level lighting and mu music was one of the biggest complaints because it's hard to work out on zooms. So the coach needs to have on a headset and piping in music. So yeah, I'm just, you know, at some point I've got to stop writing checks. I know that because I'm writing the contractor checks and you know investing and spending a ton on Facebook. But I just feel Dustin in my heart of hearts, my entrepreneurial gut that now is the time to double down. Uh, you mentioned competitors. We uh, three gold's gyms closed here in Birmingham. I mean, that's, that's massive. I've got coaches that I can hire. They're looking for jobs. I got customers looking for homes. Um, and you know, it may be a long road back, but I'm going to be left standing. And I'm going to be stronger for it. You know, as I think back, I've been in fitness 20 years now. I can remember uh, the only time I can compare this to was right after uh, September 11th. I was in my very first location. I had already signed a lease on my second location. And I, mean, I was 24 years old. I was freaking out that no one was ever going to work out again. Because, no, I mean, like my schedule was empty. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going out of business. Uh, but it came back, as you know, and it came back stronger. And then the Great Recession of 2008 forced me out of that previous business was all one-on-one -on -one coaching, you know, high ticket one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it forced me to create a new model, which was group fitness. So really when I look back, I feel like that recession pushed me in, which was Iron Tribe, you know, selling 55 locations of the other franchise and starting my own franchise. So I think this in a very similar way is going to force us to pivot and it'll change the model forever. Um, and that's the exciting stuff I get to work on now is like, what does our offering look like going forward? But even the, um, the way that we pivoted with Iron Tribe, I mean, when we first opened, there was only one program and it was barbell based and it was very intense. And what we realized is most of our customers, uh, the avatar was not initially what I thought the avatar would be. Um, I was no longer the avatar. The avatar was more someone such as yourself, successful CEO, doesn't live, breathe and die by fitness, but is very important to them. And it's very important. It's efficient and quick and maybe focused more on fat loss than it is about, you know, some kind of crazy strength gains or performance. So we've had to um, 
introduce a whole new line of programming called PUSH, which is not barbell based. It's high intensity interval training. Um, and that was a big fundamental shift uh, for the brand as a whole. Uh, new equipment, uh, new class times, uh, new coaching styles, all that. So I feel like every step of the way, we've had to continue to innovate. And even I mentioned the survey this morning. As I was thinking through, okay, what is our offering going to be going forward? I thought, well, I better ask my customer what they've liked and what they haven't liked over the past six weeks before I go and try to create a solution that they don't even want. So again, and that's where push came from. We did double blind focus groups behind the mirrored glass. We talked to current customers, past customers, and then prospects who are looking. And, you know, you think you know what the customer wants, but some of the things I learned from that is our logo was intimidating. Uh, our name was intimidating. Um, you know, just things that, okay, well, I'm so close to it. Let me step back. And that led to a, you know, a new tagline, fun, fast fit. We got rid of, we're more than a gym. We are a tribe of athletes. And the, the prospect said, I'm not an athlete. That sounds like I could never belong there. And so just all these iterations over the years ultimately comes back to what does the customer want? So right now, what does the customer want during COVID-19? And they're saying, I'm still not sure I want, I mean, even the survey responses this morning, Force, I know you're trying to open back up on May 4th. It's probably too early for me. I'm going to continue to use your online resources. Here's what I'd like to see. So thankfully I'd already worked on the production room because some of it was technology glitches, video quality, sound quality. Like we're going to fix all that. But again, it comes back to listening to the customer and being ready to pivot on what they need. I was not a great student. School never captured my attention. I thought I was either going to be a PE teacher or a football coach because all I liked to do was work out. And I didn't know how to monetize that. I didn't know the word monetize. I didn't know anything about business. I just knew I loved fitness, got a degree in exercise science. Not one of my teachers could tell me what to do with it. They'd say, you can go do cardiac rehab, hospital wellness, or go to PT school. I'm like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. Interned at a PT clinic, hated it, and started training people on the side for free because people were saying, man, how do I get abs? How do I get arms? Like, you know, can you help me? And before long, I figured out, oh, I can charge for this. Uh, I think back, this is 1997, 98, I was charging, I think, $35 an hour. I thought, man, I'm going to get rich. This is good money. I quickly built that business to where I was probably doing about $55,000 a year, had about 50 clients. Um, but I realized, actually, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, fundamentally life-changing moment for me. Probably the first business book I ever read. And it resonated. And it, I probably read it several times because I could not wrap my head around You'll never create the life you want trading time for money. And he has this whole chapter about, I don't care how much you're getting paid per hour. You're never going to create the scale that you want. So for the first time in my life, I'm like, man, I'm trading time for money. And not only that, I'm working when no one else works early mornings, late nights. I'm not seeing my young wife very much. Who's a nurse. And I figured out I've got to create leverage. And so I went to this crisis of identity where I thought, okay, that probably means I need to go into a real business. I mean, let's face it, back in the late 90s, personal training was not really a thing. Like there was not much of it going on. And so my stepdad's a very successful franchisor. 
in the uh, autom- automobile aftermarket care um, oil change business. And so I went and sat down with him and talked about becoming a franchisee. But I could not shake the feeling that that's not what I was designed to do. Like, I love fitness. And so I stumbled across a franchise opportunity in a magazine uh, out of Colorado called Fitness Together. It was one-on-one personal training. Flew out there, loved what I saw, uh, became the first franchisee in the Southeast. Eventually built that to where I owned and operated six here in Birmingham. I bought the rights to three states. I was a master franchisee in Alabama, Florida, and North Carolina built that to 55 locations in those three states and then the recession hit and you know you're doing the old legal pad exercise of what you're going to cut and you know six seven eight hundred dollars a month in personal training that's at the very top of the list so we got hit hard and at the same time i saw group training just coming on the scene it was a better value proposition for the customer they got a better at least equal if not better experience in a group for about a third of the price of personal training so I uh, sold my territory back to my franchisor, started an Iron Tribe in 2010. So we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Um, and, you know, at that point, I'd been a franchisee. I had been a master franchisee. And I thought, well, my gosh, it shouldn't be that hard to uh, make the transition to be a franchisor. And I'll say two years into being a franchisor, I called my previous CEO and apologized for being the franchisee who thought he knew everything, uh, you know, much like you uh, have all these, your parents get smarter as you get older. I realized, man, there's so many more things going on behind the scenes as a franchisor than I ever, you know, gave credit for as a franchisee. But yeah, it's been a fun journey. God has been faithful. Uh, he has taken me through so many seasons uh, up and down and uh, just, you know, pretty excited right now to be where we are and positioned, I think, to really grow from this. It's so awesome for us. What was the hardest thing and what was that pivot point where you decided not to give up and you decided to pivot and what made the difference for you? And could you take us back to that moment in time and walk us through how did you do that? So there's been several, uh, but the one that stands out the most, two and a half years ago, I went through a severe bout of depression. Um, I stopped sleeping. Uh, I had some really big issues I couldn't figure out. I had a market in Atlanta, corporately owned market that I lost my leader and business tanked. I had all these things just crowding around me. And I remember, I mean, several weeks in a row of no sleep and my wife would come out and I just kept saying, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. And I, I'm a guy who has to figure things out. I, I couldn't put the puzzle together. And you know, it was a very humbling experience. I don't know if I would have said depression was real before that. I would have probably said, ah, those are just people who need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. But here I was, the guy who taught goal setting sessions and have studied under you and others and know all the right things and knew my stories in my head were terrible. But I literally got to the point where I could not manufacture a positive thought. And I had to get help. I had to go to a therapist. I had to get medication. I had to get medication to sleep. And it began a whole process of reevaluating where I found my identity. And I'll never forget the very first uh, session with the therapist. His question to me, I explained what was going on and how my world was falling apart. And he said, uh, Forrest, is there any room in your narrative to not be a creator and a grower and a builder? And I thought about it and I said, ah. 
I don't really think so. And he said, well, you know, I feel like God's taking those things away from you right now to show that you're more than that. That is not your whole identity. And if it takes stripping away to show you that he's enough, he'll do that. Mm. And, you know, obviously putting this in a nutshell, but over the next few months, I really, you know, I'm a strong Christian. I've I've been a Christian for a long time, but it's like God has to take me through a valley to really get my attention. And that was one of the biggest ones to realize, you know what, this is his business. And if it prospers, uh, it's because he blesses it. If he, if it doesn't pl- prosper, then that's his will too. My only responsibility is to be a good steward and to do my work as unto him, but I'm not defined by it. And, you know, that's real easy to say on a podcast, but when you've walked through depression and suicidal thoughts and really contemplated of who is Forrest Walden, what was I put here on earth to do? Um, you know, my wife of 20 years, my four kids, like what really matters, my faith. Another quick story, I remember talking to the therapist and I was in the thick of it and I said, man, I've got a strong family. My wife has fought for me like I, I would have never believed. I've got kids who love me. I work, I still work out every day. I've got a fantastic small group in church. How do people make it who don't have that in their life? He said, Forrest, they don't. I have, I'm waiting on a call right now from a mother whose 22 year old son's in a drug induced coma because he tried to take his life. And I mean, just, you know, just walking through all that and realizing how many things I have in my life to be grateful for that to just define myself by the growth or decline of Iron Tribe is so narrow sided and puts me in a position where I'm in control of it all and I'm not. So I think, you know, I haven't really thought about this and made the connection until you asked the question, but to be in this situation now, I can honestly say I've, I've experienced no fear. Mm. This doesn't surprise God. COVID-19 was not, Oh my gosh, this is not part of my plan. What do I do? He's orchestrated this from the foundations of the world. And so if I know he who owns the cattle on a thousand Hills, like what do I have to worry about? And so as long as he's given me the, ability and um, the capacity to make these changes, I can do it. And that's really where the true abundant uh, mindset comes from. He is the God of abundance, not scarcity. So um, yeah, I could go on and on on that topic. Wow. That is so powerful. And this is a topic that comes up often where people uh, love hearing or love asking the question about confidence. Like, Hey, how do I increase my confidence? And and it does tie back to identity. So now that you have made the clarification that your identity is not in Forrest, the CEO, or Forrest, the creator, or Forrest, the producer, or Forrest, the athlete, what is your identity? So my identity is in Christ. And, you know, he uh, lived the perfect life he, that I could never live. He died the death I deserved to die. He was resurrected. He, he conquered death. He conquered disease. He conquered the grave. So like I've got everything in him. I've got eternal uh, riches, eternal life in him. Like, what do I have to fear? Like what can be taken away from me? You know, if I, if I get coronavirus and I die, great, I get to go and be with him. And I don't mean to be flippant, but like ultimately if I really believe that, and that's where two and a half years ago, I had to challenge myself. Do I really believe that? Or do I just, sing that on Sunday and then live the rest of my week the same. And so uh, my confidence is in him 
And I believe that doesn't mean I just kick my feet up and relax because he's done the work. It's actually, no, now I get to work harder and use the talents he's given me and say, you know, if all, if I didn't know if the virtual program was going to work, but man, it's working, but it's not because I'm so great. Like you gave me, like literally you gave me these ideas, this, this voice that's telling me what to do next, like tap into that, whether you want to call it your entrepreneurial gut um, or, or intuition. But for me, I think Jesus tells me what to do next. And I just tap into that and, and walk in faith uh, that he's going to provide. And if he doesn't provide, like, I feel like I've seen that side of it too. And it's okay. I never missed a meal. My kids never went hungry. Like he's got it. He's got the whole thing rigged. Man, that is so inspiring Forrest. Well, as people are hearing this and they're thinking, wow, this is so inspiring. I'd love to hear more details of the story. Uh, your book is also inspiring and a lot of these stories are in there. Could you tell us a little bit about the book and where people could find it? Yeah, it's a bit dated at this point, but it was just the origin story of Iron Tribe. It's on Amazon. It's called Iron Tribe from Garage Gym to Fitness Franchise. And it's just the story of going from my garage in 2008 uh, to building a franchise organization and talks a lot about uh, why we do the things we do, why the, we have the core values that we do, uh, how we've been able to raise almost $5 million for now for a, a nonprofit I started called Never Thirst that puts in clean drinking solutions around the world. Um, yeah, so still a good read, but I, I need to go back and update it. Says every author that has ever written a book, five years later, you're like, oh, <laughs> like an artist that painted something, uh, same, same effect. Uh, also, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, or how would you recommend people to connect with you if they wanted just to get plugged into your content or Iron Tribe? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, probably the best way, just follow me on um, Instagram at Forrest Walden. And then also I have a podcast called Tribecast, which Dustin, you were one of my guests. Um, so Tribecast on Apple, iTunes. Uh, my podcast is all around talking to guys I know in my life who have it all across body, being balanced and business. Not just someone who's crushing it in business and failing as a father or failing in their body. Or, so yeah, all episodes are around uh, people crushing it in all domains of life. That's great. Well, to close us out, I would love to hear your thoughts on if you could give a piece of advice to anybody that's out there who's experiencing fear right now. I think you, you've really touched on some pretty unique perspectives in the midst of COVID-19 and the state of emergency pandemic globally. And what would that piece of advice be for those of the, the listeners on regardless if they're an entrepreneur or a stay at home parent that's with their kids right now, if somebody's experiencing fear right now, what would your advice be? It's going to be multi-layered. Number one, uh, limit your exposure to news. I DVR one show and I zip through it. Um, but do not saturate yourself in the news because they are going to drag you down. And they're going to create bad stories in your head. Number two, ask yourself better questions. Don't ask, how can I make pay payroll? How can I survive? How can I ask, man, how can I pivot? How can I treat, serve my customers? People are wanting to spend money right now. Like I'm dying to spend money. Like my wife and I walked down and got takeout and sat on a picnic bench and put out a, a tablecloth and a candle and had date night last night. Like, please let us go spend money. 
Um, so how can you serve your customer in maybe a different way? And then finally, I will say straight from Philippians word of God, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So like if you're racked with fear, I would ask you, do you know the peace of God through Jesus Christ? And if you don't, he may be using such a time as this to draw you to himself. And there could be no better victory than emerging from this and changing your eternal destiny. Amen. That is so awesome. Well, what a, what a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much for us for being on. Uh, this was a pleasure. I'm inspired and uh, keep fighting the good fight and helping people stay healthy. And uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned to all the innovations that you and Iron Tribe continue to bring to the world. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.